What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 30 of the Season Gaming Big Cast, and we have a great show for you today. So join me as usual, Robert Sines and Dan Rodriguez. And for the first time joining the show is Jared Eden, a writer for the Tick Games Network. Welcome, Jared. Hey, guys. How's it going? Very, very good. So we got a lot of big things to talk about today. And instead of uh, beating around the bush, we are just going to jump right into it because I know Dan and Bert are chomping at the bit over here. So Spider-Man is here. It's out. Uh, it's good. It's real good. And a lot of people, I think my entire timeline on Twitter is Spider-Man pictures and discussion right now. It's honestly a little bit crazy. Um, I am enjoying it. I am not a big Spider-Man fan nor a big Marvel fan, but I'm still just playing it to have fun. So instead of me rambling on about it, I'll kick it over to Dan, who's uh, I know Dan and Bert both are huge Spider-Man fans. So Dan, what do you think? It's awesome. Um, I'm literally looking at it right now. <laughs> I can't leave the room without it being on. I would, yes, it's right. I was playing it right before I went and joined the podcast, um, <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's amazing. I, I I really am enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, the transversal stuff is great. The combat is awesome. Um, I think the problem so far that I have with it is I know it's eventually going to end, which sucks, but. You know, is it my game of the year? No, probably not yet. You know, I still love God of War, but I'm only maybe 26, 7% done with it. So, um, according to my progress, anyway, <laughs> I don't know where the hell I am in the story. The story's good so far, but I really haven't, like I said, I haven't delved too deep into it because I'm like that damn squirrel on that up movie. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you be going, I gotta go over here and do this mission oh wait there's a backpack oh that's how i play i do yeah, everything yeah. before the missions i'm on mission yeah. three and yet i have every backpack and every tower dear lord man <laughs> what the... it's like 55 backpacks i did it i do have every tower that was something you know i, I kind of watched uh the only thing i really watched prior to doing or playing the game was a uh <laughs> a small uh video of like you know things that i wish i knew before i played and mm. i uh I made sure I did all the towers, a couple other things, but it, it's a great game. Great game. Nice. Loving it. Bert, you enjoying it just as much? Yeah, I love it. Um, the only thing that um, I'm kind of exactly like Dan, I'm kind of worried that it's going to end pretty soon. I'm at 50%, um, and I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I'm going to Take a break, man. Take a break. Yeah. <laughs> I need to. I, I'm kind of surprised that a lot of the villains that have been in the trailer haven't made an appearance yet. So what I'm worried is that they're going to throw everybody in at the last minute. Uh, one of the biggest criticisms I've seen from the game is that they thought the story was just okay. So far for me, I think the story's been great. And I think that they're, uh, anytime you make a game with this kind of character with as big as a villain roster that kind of goes with him, it's really hard to do and get a good story in there. The Arkham games kind of did that really, really well and why I liked it a lot. And um, if any negatives for me is that this game takes a lot from other games. So like if you look at the towers, it's exactly like Assassin's Creed. Um, a lot of the puzzles and everything are straight out of the Arkham game. Um, and even some of the combat is the exact same button presses as Arkham. So um, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Not He's not my favorite character in Marvel or anything, but I do like the kind of game that can be made here. I think it's fantastic so far, um, and I'm having a blast with it. I, I, I'll wait to reserve exactly like a must-buy type thing or something later, but I think it's living up to the expectations that it has been filled with, which is really hard to do right now. So um, it's been fantastic so far. 
Nice. Jared, I know uh, I didn't think you were the biggest fan. Are you playing it at all? No, no, I don't even own it right now. One day, maybe. <laughs> One day. But I'm not, a, I'm not much of a superhero kind of game type of guy like i like the arkham series but i never actually even finished one of the games kind of oh, tapered the same and i just like uh oh another game oh. <laughs> <laughs> and carry on to that one but yeah maybe sometime down the road i'll pick <laughs> it up and give it a play one day nice yeah i'm enjoying it for what it is uh, i'm not a superhero guy either but um the traversal is really really fun just getting around the city and i love i'm a collectible guy so it's Dan was joking like shiny object syndrome in that game there between the backpacks <laughs> and landmarks and and everything. I'm just flying all around collecting everything. So it's fun. It's fun. It's really well designed. I will say that. So good job, Insomniac. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is um, one of the things that the Arkham uh, series did really well is it kind of made you feel like Batman when you played. Well, the Spider-Man game makes you feel like a Spider-Man character so that they've nailed that perfectly. They have nailed his personality and it looks it looks great, too. So that's pretty much it. Nice. Yeah, and it looks, uh, if you're running PS4 Pro on like 4K TV, the uh, HDR implementation uh, is really good. And I really like the audio implementation, too. It's one of the first games I've seen, <clears throat> excuse me, that separates a standard soundbar home theater from a high-end home theater studio, which is really, really cool. And okay. um, yeah, the sound design is really neat. I was actually testing, I was walking around Octavia's office and listen to voice things and just turning around and watching it turn around my room and everything. And, um, it's really well done. So that's awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool. Nice. So anyway, cool. Very glad it's out. I know everyone's pumped Dan. I still got to get you the damn newspaper for me three. It's only been three months. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So another big release. I don't think we're going to talk about it too much. Cause I think only Bert and I have it, Bert, you've got 50% on Spider-Man. So I doubt you've even touched it, but Jack dragon quest 11 came out <laughs> as well. It's at like a 91 on Metacritic open critics. So, I mean, it's really wow. up there. Yeah. Highly, highly reviewed and regarded. Uh, I have played a little bit of it. It's very, very standard uh, Japanese role-playing game fair so far. Cliche, a little over the top, but very well designed. So I'm enjoying it, but I think we'll save that conversation for next time because uh, I don't think we can say enough about it unless, Bert, you have anything meaningful to say about it at the moment. Wow, meaningful. Um, <laughs> the one thing that I will say <clears throat> that kind of lines up with your point is that it's very Japanese, very normal. It's the one series that has kind of stayed to its roots. Um, Final Fantasy's gone through different fighting engines, different, uh, they've gone from turn-based to kind of a mix with turn-based and something else. Um, a few of the other traditional RPGs have kind of tried to change their fighting engine as well. Um, uh, what's the other one? Nino Kuni uh, tried to do something different recently, but Dragon Quest kind of sticks to it. So if you do like Dragon Quest, if you're a fan of the series, whether it be on the handhelds or the consoles, uh, this is exactly what you're looking for. So it's it's supposed to be great. You're right. I haven't even started it. It's installed, and that's as far as it's gotten. <laughs> All right. And Dan, uh, are you playing it? Um, I didn't even know it came out. <laughs> so that's a no. no. I've never played an actual Dragon Quest game. Okay. Not even Dragon Warrior way back in our youth? Gosh. Man, I, I've slept since then, so I don't remember. So, <laughs> <laughs> no clue. All right. All right. We'll save that one for next time. Like I played Dragon yeah. Age. Not okay. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're a different. Hey. Different. <laughs> different. 
Um, all right. So it funny enough, last time we recorded, we talked about Cyberpunk, um, and that ended up being the day before they released the gameplay demo, go figure. So it's been almost two weeks, but we haven't actually talked about it. And that is the Cyberpunk 2077, the full gameplay, the whole 48-minute video that they dropped. So um, I don't even know where to start on this one, guys. Uh, <laughs> really, really blown away. Yeah. Um, this is right up there with Halo Infinite. I, I think I said it may be my most anticipated game over Halo Infinite, which, if you know me, is a, a really, really bold statement. It um, looks absolutely stunning. Love the design. When they walked into, uh, what's the city called again? anyone uh, night city night city thank you when they walked into night city and just kind of walked through it and how populated and bustling it was and just well formed and just everything beginning then looked absolutely incredible so um what do you guys think i mean is this i know all of us are pretty pumped for it but who wants to start someone take it yeah i can i can do that um you know i talked about this a little bit on jared's podcast the gaming perspective mm -hmm. and um the it was wasn't there the week you weren't there, uh, we, we talked about it, and it, it. I told them basically this could be, like, like you know, if Pong was my alpha, this would be my omega. You know, it, it'd be like if I was gonna pick a place, and this is this might be going way too far, but I loved it so much that if there was gonna be an ending to my gaming hobby, this would be this could be it, because right now it looks so good and better than anything I've seen in my, you know, 20, 30 years of gaming, whatever it's been, gosh, it's been like 35. Okay. So like 35 years of gaming. Um, it, it just, there's so much to it in a 48 minute little video, you know, you wouldn't think you'd get that kind of reaction from it, but I did. And th this is number one for me, bar none. I have no idea when it's coming out. I know they said the game is fully playable now from start to finish. I don't know, you know, how that you know what that means exactly but it just looks amazing i mean and it's from cd cd project red which you know with the witcher 3 is one of my favorite games of all time it's man all i know is that it, it, it's <laughs> yeah you, you, you there's very rare times where you kind of watch something like that and you're like okay that's gonna be amazing and you just know it's gonna be amazing and i trust cd project red to make an amazing game um yeah, it's it's going to change it, the industry when it launches. It, for sure. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Jared, what do you think? Uh, I have to agree. I mean, like, <laughs> I was just thinking back to E3 this year and Gamescom this year as well, where they had all the behind-closed-doors yeah. viewings of them. What other game can you think back along all these past years that literally left every single person who saw that demo speechless yeah. coming out and going dude this game is incredible sort of thing like they each person who saw it coming out they had that sort of expression you go okay when do we actually get to see this and we finally got to see it and now we all understand why <laughs> um it it really is that perfect combination of fps sort of Gameplay, gunplay that everybody kind of loves, as well as mixed in with very intricate RPG mechanics that really let you evolve and be immersed with the character and the world around you. What's really impressive to me is everything has a purpose. Everything is meant to be where it's meant to be. 
each NPC is meant to be there doing what they're meant to do. Everything is like it's not that they tried to fill it. They just really worked very hard to make the city alive. Now I'm very curious as to how big this actual city is. Um, because we all know with the Witcher 3, it's a pretty big, pretty big world. Night City, it could be maybe even bigger. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure they said that, that Cyberpunk is bigger than Witcher 3 already, the map. And like it's it's gonna be incredible. Like I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know how short the playthroughs are gonna be like, but like damn, <laughs> you know, I'm expecting 150 hours or more to, at the minimum to do a proper playthrough for that damn game. But yeah, when nah. it comes out, like yeah, there can't be any other major releases in uh, like a two month time frame <laughs> of Cyberpunk because it's just it's, it's not gonna sell well. Yeah, it's one of those games I'm just going to savor every minute of it uh, because you know another game like it won't come around for a long time. So a very long time. What do you think, Bert? I know we, we've chatted a lot about this. Yeah, it's the one thing I'll say that it has nothing to do with Cyberpunk is it's crazy because I felt like we've gone through this already, but the gaming news has just been so nuts this past month that you know there's been so many things that have happened since it. Um, in watching the trailer, uh, visually, I think I was um, surprised. I wasn't as amazed visually at the graphics and everything. I, I think it looks like where we're going to be in 2020 or 2021. Um, the RPG mechanics look very similar to some other games that we've seen before as far as you know the conversation bars and stuff. What blew me away was how you can um, approach situations. So like if you're going to uh, attack somebody, if you're gonna go into a room full of enemies, all the things that you have to think about before you make your decisions and before you even start the conversation, um, they really explained it really well in the demo and they're like, okay, this character can do this, but while they're doing this, they need to think about what happens here. If they do to this person, how will it affect the overall story and all these types of different situations that you can be put in from a simple you know, one prompt decision. Um, and then when they got to the actual fighting and gunplay and stuff, I was blown away at the number of things that your character can do um, with her stuff. So to me, that's what amazed me the most. Um, I like I said, the graphics were they were cool, but I wasn't like blown away of something that you know you see a trailer from next gen or something. Um, but it did look beautiful. Uh, to me, the colors jumped out. The the, the vibrance of kind of all the uh, the palette they were using and stuff. And I do like the art style quite a bit. I didn't know what to expect because of, you know, you come from Witcher, it's a whole different era, a whole different type of style. And seeing what CD Projekt Red was going to do next is what I kind of amazed me the most. But um, I think we've kind of talked about, I don't know if it's coming out this generation or if it's going to be one of those shared generation games where it will be available on the PS4 and Xbox One, but it's it'll run best on the new consoles or something. Um, I, I have no idea, but it, it does look amazing. I can't wait for it to come out. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting on that release date. They said they did. I know they confirmed they designed it for Xbox One and PS4 um, from the beginning, but whether or not it'll still be, uh, obviously it'll be improved on the Pro and X, but whether or not it'll be... Uh, be around that same time frame as next gen. We'll see. Um, I kind of hope so, to be honest. Um, I'd love to run it as high as possible. So it could be one of those uh, end generation, cross generation titles going from you know, and of the Xbox One, PS4 era to the next gen. Yeah, right. Exactly. Never know. 
and have like three versions basically base x1 yeah. x1x and then you know xbox the Scarlet. enhanced version for the next generation <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah one, one last thing about it that i thought was funny is um in watching the cyberpunk demo i posted this on twitter but i think it's ruined every other game release that's coming out within the next year and a half <laughs> to two years because i mean yeah, you have to yeah. live up to that and like um yeah it's just like, wow, how do you even come close to that? And if this is coming right around the corner, why do I even waste my time playing this junk of a game, whatever it is that you're excited about in 2019? Because it, it blew me away on so many different factors. But as Jared was talking about, how long is that game going to take to finish? Um, crap. <laughs> Not long enough, because I'll yeah. spend forever on it, I'm yeah. sure. Hey, well, Witcher. Playthroughs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Witcher, if you it. play all the DLC and you almost shoot straight through it, I think you're looking at about... 90 hours to about 110 hours if you spend most of the time what was it ain's like 300 oh yeah i'm at about 220 230 and that's on a single playthrough yeah so you picture a bigger world yeah, yeah i'm about three what 370 i think on the witcher 3 it's insane <clears throat> yeah and i i mean there's guys i see on reddit all the time that are over a thousand you know all the time you know with the cyberpunk they're gonna do just as expansive of dlc for that game oh yeah not bigger so you just like hmm <laughs> all right <sighs> there's my game for the whole year i don't need yeah. to play anything else it's just uh, my time will be allotted for just this one game for the next 365 days <laughs> yep I'm just glad that it and Red Dead Redemption 2 aren't anywhere near each other because I would have lost my job, I think, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've got a lot of big Battle Royale news here, everyone trying to jump into the market. So Whew. let's first touch on, yeah, we've got the uh, PUBG 1.0 launch officially we'll touch on. We've got Blackout coming tomorrow as of this recording, which is September 10th, starting for Black Ops. Um, let's start with Battlefield 5. So the beta's been running for a few days now. Um, Bert and I played it at E3. The beta is actually very similar to what was shown at E3. So I've only played four or five matches of the beta. Uh, I've kind of got a my fill of it uh, right now. But um, I don't know if you guys are big Battlefield fans. Uh, I'm personally liking it. It hasn't caught the best reception so far for whatever reason. But um, running on the X, it's incredible looking. Uh, and I, I'm really enjoying it. It's very intense, typical Battlefield. I like some of the changes they've made. Um, so let's start with Battlefield Five by itself before we get to the actual Firestorm mode, which is what they're calling Battle Royale. You guys playing the beta? I've played it, and I'm a huge Battlefield fan for a okay. long time now. Um, it's it's interesting. I, I like the changes. I don't like some of the changes as well. Like I, I like how smooth it is because I have an Xbox One X, I have a 4K TV, I have all that fun stuff. You're and you're correct. Runs smoothly, looks beautiful. Um, the gunplay is smooth, which is kind of nice for once. Not gonna lie. I mean, the the whole somewhat simulation bullet drop thing is still in effect, but I mean, this time around, it it feels more like COD in a good way. But also, becoming from a battlefield guy, it's up to me not not good as well. Because I don't, I don't like. How can I say it properly? COD is a good game to an extent, but I don't like how it's going towards more of an arcadey feel. I still like the old school way that Battlefield games played. So the, this bit of transition is a little weird for me, and uh, I understand why they're going this way because they want to be more competitive. They want to be more part of the esports scene, all that fun stuff, but. 
overall, I've been pretty impressed. Um, okay. I, I think I just have to get used to it. Yeah, it's with anything else, like, right? Yeah, well, they say they've been saying that it's never going to be the same, right? It's never going to be the same way like it used to be. And okay, yeah, I get it. I can I can understand why it's a little difficult for me, but you know I think I can get along with the train, and I'm still pretty excited for the game, and I'm very curious to see exactly how this Royale game is going to play out too. That's my biggest one because if they nail that right, it'll be a good stepping stone as well as with Call, Call of Duty their Battle Royale for both them um, for a, a good look to see what a AAA developer can do for a Battle Royale game. If it yeah. can actually work out well, because we've only really seen, you know, indies that have been doing it other than Epic and with Fortnite. But, you know, that's that's Fortnite. It, yeah, Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't want to go down that fast. Yeah, so. let's uh, not talk about that much. But, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I'm really excited to see what the full version of the game can do. Okay. Dan, you, uh, I know we talked about Squad Up when it comes out. You played the beta yeah. at all? No, I haven't played yet. Um I've got it downloaded. Didn't look, you know, <laughs> like a lot of stuff. Spider Man. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, I uh, I'm looking forward to it. I I don't play a lot of online multiplayer. Right. That's how it is. But when I do, like last year or whenever Battlefield One came out, that's basically the only one I played with some of my friends. I enjoy Battlefield much more than I do COD. Um, I. I, I, play, I actually booted it up the other day just to see the new enhancements. They look amazing on Battlefield 1. Um, I'm going to kind of go on this one blind, I think. Um, they moved it back to November, right? On this, Yeah, November 20th. Yeah. And as far as the Battle Royale goes, we'll see how that works out. You can know my sweet PUBG skills <laughs> and my love for that game. So um, <clears throat> we'll see. I mean, I, I, I'm going to get it because... I love Battlefield, but we'll see um, how it comes out. Okay. What do you think, Bert? Yeah, so we played it at E3. Um, I had a great time with it at E3. I didn't um, have much negatives on it as well um, as other people have. But one of the things that I will say is that if you didn't care for Battlefield 1, you're probably not going to care for Battlefield 5. Um, to me, they're very similar. The art style is identical. I wouldn't be surprised if they're running on the same engine and a lot of the same assets and just new, new stuff. But... Um, I'm kind of with Jared as well. Some of the stuff, it seems like it's being casualized. I'm not sure if that's even a word. But <laughs> yeah, to, to, no, to, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good way to put um, it. And it's, it's exactly what Jared was saying. I mean, if we think of the, the battlefields of yesteryear, you know, there were a lot more hardcore. Um, there was a lot of things. If we look at Bad Company, the destruction was there. And we, I think that a lot of people find that as some of their favorite stuff in the DLC from that game was really good. I think they're trying to bring it to more people and have more people into the game. And um, it, it's fun. It's just, um, I, it's not anything revolutionary or anything different in the Battlefield arena that we were kind of either wanting it to go back to the hardcore stuff or kind of change completely. And to me, it's a lot of Battlefield 1. Um, I've said the same stuff about the Call of Duty game this year, but the thing I think is going to save Battlefield is how good Firestorm is. If it's just not very good and they don't, you know, launch it as a triple A AAA developer very well. I think Battlefield's going to suffer this year quite a bit. It might be the Titanfall of this year. Um, and the same thing with Call of Duty, but we'll talk about that next. Uh, we haven't really seen a ton of Firestorm yet, not actual real gameplay or a full match or anything like that. 
So I need to see more on it before I can give positives or negatives about Firestorm. But from the layout and the way I've heard that they're going to do it from the most recent trailer, I think it's called uh, This Is Battlefield. It sounds really cool. It's just, is it implemented properly to where it's fun is what's going to be the hit and miss on it. So other than that, it looks cool. That's all I can say. I've, I've played four beta matches, but it's very similar to what we did at E3 already. So I haven't spent, you know, countless hours in it yet. Yeah, so the quick highlights they've given of Firestorm. We know more about Blackout than we do Firestorm, but it's the biggest Battlefield map ever. It includes all of the Battlefield vehicles that are in the normal gameplay. Uh, the full destruction is in the game as well, which I think is what may separate it from, say, PUBG or, or Blackout is, you know, being able to just take a tank through a building if a squad's hiding in there would be kind of <laughs> kind of so crazy. Fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's, um, oh, this is a neat one, too, is that progression in Firestorm is tied to your company and profile in the game, which is neat, too. So if you just play that mode, you can still level up and unlock things. Um, the one thing that's kind of interesting is they said it's 64 players, which is 16 squads of four, um, which is kind of, uh, they need to give some more detail there because as you know, Blackout, well, PUBG, Fortnite, and Blackout has confirmed the support solo play, duo play, and squad play. So say uh, two of us get on to play Firestorm, what is the other two? Is it going to put us with two randoms? Um, they have not confirmed solo or duo play for Firestorm yet, so... Yeah, a little and, interested and, there, but on that point, Ainsum, you know, in those battle royale games, each one of those gameplay types, whether it be single duos or, or squad, is a completely different strategy that you're playing in, and each one is kind of fun in itself. So if they're only going to force the the squads only a force, um, that could be a negative for me personally. So I don't know, unless it's I mean, I can be a pilot of a helicopter or something and have enough fun with that if I'm logging in by myself. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess we'll see. That, yeah. So, yeah, we need to know more about it. Uh, I think you guys kind of nailed everything about my thoughts as well. Uh, it does feel a little faster, a little more arcadey uh, than traditional Battlefields. Bad Company 2 is my favorite Battlefield of all time, and I was hoping for a return to that kind of feel, but it, it doesn't really have it. So we'll see what it we'll see what it uh, is like when it launches. So yep. moving over to uh, COD, always a huge topic, and the fact that it's Black Ops this year and it's the first time for Battle Royale, obviously... Uh, Call of Duty players kind of going nuts. So the beta for this actually begins tomorrow, like I said. Uh, that's September 10th as of this recording. So by the time you listen to this, it'll probably be out on the PS4 only. Then it starts on the Xbox and uh, PC on the 14th. Uh, they all run through the 17th. So just a week to try it out. few details I'll touch on for Blackout, and then you guys can let me know your thoughts. So this is uh, courtesy of Charlie Intel, which is uh, kind of a big Call of Duty site, and they track everything Call of Duty. So the map is comprised of modified classic Call of Duty maps like Nuketown and others and then mixed together to create a single gigantic map, basically. Cer this was real interesting. So certain areas of the map will have zombies in them and not a lot of zombies. They said about six to eight in these each locations. But when you kill them, they can drop loot and or weapons, almost like killing another player. They will have unlockable characters to play. So they're going to start with 20 characters at the launch. Most of them you'll have to unlock by doing certain objectives within the mode. So this is kind of interesting as well. Matches in the beta, at least, will be 80 players. They've experimented with 100 and even more than 100, but right now they're trying to nail down what will be the best balance. So 80 players. Uh, it will have duo, solo, and squad play, as we mentioned. There are five vehicle types at launch with more to be added. One of them is a helicopter, which can carry your whole squad. So that's going to be kind of interesting, too, because we haven't seen that out of Call of Duty before. Nope. Um, there is a cargo truck 
there's some other vehicles that are like one and two players, but then there's a cargo truck that can carry your squad plus additional items. So apparently you can pick up extra items and throw it in the truck and take them with you. It is first person only. There's going to be no third person option. So kind of traditional Call of Duty style. But they are not going for a simulation. A lot of people were wondering when Call of Duty and the time to kill is being so short, how would they kind of, you know, put that in a battle royale mode when you have a single life? Well, apparently they're just going to go ahead and do it. So you're going to have 150 health. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, I think time to kill is not going to change a whole lot. It's going to be very fast. So um, the only other kind of big thing they said is this does not directly impact other modes. So what I kind of am inferring that to read as is that you will not get progression through blackout that's tied to your profile, which sounds kind of odd to me. I, I would think that you'd want to do that because I do not plan on buying Black Ops 4 unless Blackout's really good. And if I do buy it, Blackout would be all I play. So if there's no progression over your whole profile, that would be kind of annoying to me. But those are the big details. Um, we'll get to play it here tomorrow uh, or through the week. So who wants to jump in and comment on, on these new details if they come out? Bert, you want to start? You're the big Call of Duty guy? <laughs> big Call of Duty guy. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of friends locally that play Call of Duty. So if I want to game with them socially, actually, I have two friends that they only play Call of Duty. They don't play any other game on, on anything. Um, so we played Call of Duty at E3. Obviously, um, Blackout was not available at that time. Um, and I didn't care too much for the multiplayer um, that was there. The time to kill has been kind of messed around with from past Call of Duties and the standard multiplayer. So um, i thinking that it's probably going to move over the same. Um, Blackout's the only thing that's kind of uh, reeling me in uh, so far. Out of all the Battle Royale games that have come out in recent time, this one has me the most interested just from the game modes. Um, if you were a previous Call of Duty fan, seeing all these maps kind of come together in one big one is kind of like an homage to the series in general. Um, they, they're throwing in zombies for fun, too, because Call of Duty's been kind of where you get your zombie fix right now um, in all the versions. So I think it looks really cool so far. We've actually seen gameplay and just the trailer footage on it, too, so it looks really nice. Um, I've talked to some friends that are in the industry, and they said that it's running really smooth. Um, and they're also trying to get some of the PC crowd into the blackout slash call of duty game this this with this version of call of duty a lot more than we have in past one so we'll see if that sticks or not the pc crowd's very picky with their fps games um the other thing that i will say is the first person only uh of call of duty um it's arguably uh, I, I think call of duty has some of the best gun mechanics that you can have in first person mode um, I think they struggle at the long distance stuff because it just becomes way too casual i mean there's no bullet drop there's nothing so i will kind of a reserve comment on that one to see if the long distance stuff, but up close, I think Call of Duty does it the best um, out of all the AAA uh, shooters. Uh, I hope it's good. Um, if not, um, Call of Duty's gonna suffer. Like I said about Battlefield, I, I don't, despite them having the most pre-orders right now, and that being the talk of social media the last month, um, Call of Duties are always gonna sell. I just don't know if it's gonna have the legs to go super long like some of the other Black Ops have in the past. Cause I think Black Ops, two and three are still being played in very high numbers on all consoles um, today. So that's kind of crazy to me because the Black Ops series is not my favorite in Call of Duty, but it still does very, very well and has a huge following. So just that Blackout's name is going to sell copies. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> it's another one of those games where it's just going to kind of pass me by only because... <laughs> Whoa! Sorry. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, 
I, I the last Call of Duty game I really played was Modern Warfare Two. So that tells you about my interest level in Call of Duty. However, it looks like this might be something I try out. Um, I might just pre-order the game and then get the. Yeah, that's how you get into the game, I'm assuming, into the beta. And then if I don't like it, I will just cancel my pre-order. <laughs> that might be what I do. You know, it's a lot of people I mean, doing that, Dan. You're not, you're not alone. A lot of people are doing that. Cool. And I can get it tomorrow on the PS4, I think. So maybe yep. I'll just do that. No, you know what? No, I won't do that. I know I have issues with my refunds there. Anyway, <laughs> but it looks good. You know, it looks good. I'm not going to take away. I, I, I'm for any fans of Call of Duty that you know love this kind of stuff. You know, great. You know, but for me, it's just kind of not my thing. So, no worries. I know you yeah. said you weren't uh, the biggest Call of Duty fan either, Jared. Are you going to be trying Blackout? Um, I'm curious about it. It does look good. Um, my interest level has been peaked since they launched that one trailer. But um, a lot of people. But no, I actually used to play a lot of Call of Duty back in the day. Like I used to be a heavy competitive top ten. Uh, my squad was top ten on the uh, Freight Nations on their ladders for uh, four player squads, yeah. as well as on MLG.net. Played a lot of it, Call of Duty Four, Black Ops, Call of Duty World at War. But I stopped playing after Black Ops. I like I didn't like how it was just kind of sticking to the same formula, but also trying to be different at the same time, and it wasn't working. Completely lost interest. Now, if I was to pick up Call of Duty again, it might only be just because of Blackout. I think if they can do it right, it could be a big hit for them and a bigger hit than their actual regular multiplayer because right now, Battle Royale is huge. Everybody's getting in on the Battle Royale. Everybody. There's like Battlefield as well. So between Battlefield 5 and Call of Duty, if either one of them, if they nail the Battle Royale just right... I think they could make a really good step towards other developers wanting to make Battle Royale games in a AAA environment. Um, and I think Call of Duty might do that better than Battle, Battlefield Five in my eyes, if they do it right. Like what, what they have what we've seen so far. Yeah, like I'm, an, I'm a big Battlefield fan. I like the destruction. I like everything that they're doing. But at the same time, I, 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 I don't know. It seems like. It seems like Call of Duty might have a more competitive edge than the Battlefield Five does for how they're designing it. But we'll see. We'll see how it happens because, like Bert was saying, if they don't do it right, it's they're not going to do well. They're not going to do well at all. Yeah. yeah one other thing. One thing. Uh, one quick thing I'll mention, Ains, is um, you know we've been talking about the the call of duty you know recipe that they're going to kind of go for battle royale here it's it's important to keep in mind that big games like even fortnite which is never actually designed to be a battle royale game or pubg that has been in um preview mode for the past year um and didn't launch even smooth on pc i mean it's not the the best you know efficient running system so i wonder if call of duty will launch they'll get their feedback and then they're going to continually tune it and it might be the the battle royale game to play come summer or something like that. Yeah. But um, I, I'm not sure if they're going to launch a perfect launch at the beginning because um, you got to keep in mind the battle royale mode was added as a secondary um, feature to the Call of Duty game. They had to scrap their campaign. They focused so much on multiplayer and multiplayer has been received very 50-50. Some people are like, what is this? And then other people are like, I love it. So I don't know. It's Their development cycle this time was a very uh, rushed and very rough one. So I, uh, I'm curious to see how it actually plays. 
Yeah. And just before we move on to uh, PUBG real quick, uh, you mentioned that Call of Duty, um, you know, up close gun mechanics does it the best. I think you forgot Halo, but we'll go ahead and move on. So. <laughs> Halo's in a whole different category, though. I of mean, course it's not it a, yeah, it's, you know, it's Call of Duty, Halo. Yeah, yeah. you can't compare to um, Halo. Yeah. <laughs> so, way up there. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to Forsaken for you, don't worry. Um, <laughs> Real quick, we don't have to touch on this much, but uh, PUBG 1.0 did launch on Xbox, uh, includes Sanok, the third map, includes the event pass, a bunch of cosmetics, a new crate system, some more improvements to the smoothness of the game, et cetera, et cetera. We've been talking about it for a while. So not a whole lot to add here. Bert and I have been playing it a lot because we play a lot of PUBG. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, the improvements uh, have made the game a lot better. It's, it's pretty smooth now. It's still not a locked frame rate, but it's getting there. Uh, Sanok itself as a map is fantastic. I think the smaller size, uh, in addition to the trees and rocks and just the layout of the map is really, really well done. So we've been having a ball with it. And uh, the event pass is what it is. If you want to support the game, support it. Um, but they added missions and everything else. So it's pretty fun. Really enjoying that. I don't know if anyone needs to touch on uh, 1.0. Nope. Moving on. All right, so uh, a couple industry updates, which I figured we could touch on. Um, so first up, and um, I don't know if any of you guys can speak to this more because I didn't play it, but THQ Nordic has acquired Kingdoms of Amalur, uh, the IP, along with some other assets from Studio 38. So I know Kingdoms of Amalur was kind of that cult classic title. The people who did play it seemed to have loved it, but it wasn't a huge hit. I have not played it, so I can't comment on this, but I did see a lot of people on my timeline and across social media and uh, the gaming industry, you know, really surprised and kind of excited about this, that this game could be coming back. So any of you got experience with this one that can talk to it? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> this, this game. <laughs> you know uh, what we, it is. we pulled Dan's cord. Do it, Dan. Do it. Hold on. <laughs> All right. It, it, when I first played it, you know, it came out and didn't get a whole lot of critical, you know, reception i think kurt Schilling. this was his company this is yeah, the was, one that, yeah right so <laughs> i was like okay this has got to be trash it was one of the most fun games i've ever played it's just fun it's it, you know what it reminded me of a little bit of like fable and uh i don't know what else but it, it was just really really fun i love the art style in it um the uh, it's been so long since I played it, man. So it's kind of hard to remember every little thing, but God, it was fun. I played through it a couple times <clears throat> and I really, really enjoyed every playthrough. I mean, I understand why it's a cult classic. It's nothing, you know, where it's, you know, groundbreaking and, you know, but it was just a fun game. And you can't really say that a lot anymore about, you know, games in general. It's just, you know, it's just, it just had that intangible, you know, something. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I would love them to put that backwards compatible today, right now. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Bert, you were, uh, I saw you motioning as well. Yeah, uh, I was a massive fan. <laughs> Funny enough, I didn't finish it, um, but I, I actually still own it. Um, I'm with Dan. I'm hoping that they make that backwards compatible, taking the full drama out of the 38 studios. They had tons of it outside of game development. But uh, one cool thing about this game is Todd McFarlane did all the art for the game. So he did all the art direction. And then they had a really good writer. Uh, I can't remember his, he had initials, but his last name was Salvatore or something like that, or Salvatore. I don't know how he um, uh, pronounces it, but he's a massive writer in the video game world. He did a ton of stuff for EverQuest, and I think he did some other things as well. So it was written really well. 
And the game's got a ton of lore that has had people just, you know, clamoring for a sequel for it to continue because it leaves it with a bit of a cliffhanger from what I understand. Like I said, I never finished it. But one of the best games of that generation, it was just a very crowded genre um, of when, that, when it was releasing. There was all kinds of stuff coming out with Dragon Age um, and Mass Effect and all those things. It was just too crowded and it didn't have the marketing to kind of uh, lift it above the others. But it was reviewed very, very well. Great. I have nothing more to add, Jared. I, it doesn't look like you do either. So, nope. but that's uh, <laughs> it's good news. You know, THQ Nordic seems to be picking up some of these IPs, like we were talking about time splitters on our last one. You know, so these are fan favorite, beloved franchises that guys like us who are now in their 30s, 40s, who grew up playing 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, really love. So, if they bring these back and do it well, they, I think they're making a real smart move here financially. So, oh, definitely. I mean, like that. Well, what else are they going to do with these? They're going to buy them and hold on to them and never make another game again? No right. way. There's, exactly. Something's going to be made. Yep. Just hope it's good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other cool things, uh, obviously all big uh, Witcher fans we've talked about a lot, Henry Cavill, Superman himself, is going to be playing Geralt in the Witcher Netflix series, which is a big budget uh, series. It's being, I've followed this very closely um, from the beginning because the person who is casting and doing a lot of writing for the series, they are deep into Witcher lore. They're following the books. They're really going deep on uh, making sure this is going to live up to the Witcher name for fans of the franchise. So this was really interesting. A lot of people I saw when they saw this, they're like, oh, they're just getting a big name to play Geralt. He's not, doesn't know anything about the games. Um, you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, Cavill is a huge gamer. He is a huge fan of the Witcher series. He's apparently played all of them multiple times and talks about it as actually pining to get this role. Um, if you weren't aware, there's a funny story about him. When he first got the call to play Superman, he was actually raiding in World of Warcraft and didn't take the call from, um, <laughs> from is it Brian Singer, I believe? Yes. Yeah, so he ignored the call because he was in the middle of a raid. So. That's my man. That's my man. <laughs> Henry is a big gamer. I think he will play this role very, very well. And people are already kind of photoshopping him with white hair and the beard and the scars and everything else. Um, but this is uh, really big news. I am so, so pumped. Between this and the Halo show coming to Showtime, man. Oh, my God. I hope they do him right. So, Did you say What's... Brian Singer? I said Singer. Relax. <laughs> Zack Snyder, Brian Zach... Singer made the other one that was there. Not goes. Yet. Maybe it was Zack Snyder. I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah but yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have more to say than just that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's actually a pretty good fit. It's good to have someone that knows the source material that can try to do him. I was trying to picture him as Geralt to begin with, and I don't see it yet. the The photoshops look pretty good, but I think he's too young. Um, unless they're going to um, wear in the Witcher you know, uh, timeline we're looking at. Maybe he's trying to be a younger one, but um, if they could do some special effects there, put the cat eyes in there, I'm down. Um, have you guys heard the the social media frenzy going on right now about Siri? Or yeah. 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 We don't need to talk about it. I just thought it was kind of funny because I, I hope that that doesn't mean that some of the the lore will get ruined in the game or I, whatever. I don't, I don't think so because, like I said, the team that's putting this together is really deep into it. So yeah. I, I think... Um, I think they're going to do it justice, but you know, it's social media, right? People are going to yep. panic before we have even the real information. So, well, it's just it's funny because Witcher is so much more than a video game now. I mean, the books are there, the music it's it's so much more than that. So, we'll see what happens. I I, I hope they do it well. I can't wait for this to to see a real life Geralt and Siri and Yennefer and everybody coming to life. 
I think you meant Tris. I think you meant Tris. I went with Jennifer. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Uh, the only other thing is they did confirm it's coming next year, so 2019. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I guess my only issue with the show is you know with Henry Cavill. Um, same with like same mindset as Bert is like he. I think he's might be doing a young role because I don't see him playing as an old Geralt and not just that, but his voice is so unique in the games and hearing someone else without that voice. <laughs> eh, eh. <laughs> it's such a unique like characteristic about the, to me, it's very unique to the character. And I think that really, um, how, how can I properly put it? it that it really helps you, well, it helps the character stick out to you. And um, uh, yeah, I just, that voice, you, you gotta just have something along the lines of that voice. And I don't think he can do it. It's That's almost what... like uh, people are already asking for the Halo show. Steve Downs is going to be the voice of Master Chief because they're like, if it's not, forget yeah. the show right now. Like, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot like, of characters like that. Yeah, yeah you're just going to sit there. You're going to watch, when it comes out on Netflix, you're going to sit there, you're going to watch it, and you're like, it's good, but the voices it's gonna happen to everybody especially if you're a big fan of the game you're like i just can't get past the voices of the characters but you're gonna have to get used to it if you want to like the show damn it you're bringing me down jared <laughs> <laughs> me down. we should do uh we should do a fun thing of like who who we would like the cast to be like vesemir and stuff like that i have some ideas for vesemir but um i don't know i i there's Mark some camel Mark, Mark, I, know, I'm, I, I nominate dan rodriguez to be vesemir Mark Hamill's like five foot four. On okay. So, okay, give uh, some stilts. No, but like other characters, you know, Sam Fisher, you know, it, it's got to be Michael Ironside. Yeah, it, it's got to be. You can't put someone else in there. They did that no. in the game and we saw what happened. So, yeah. Anyways, sorry. All right. Last uh, industry thing here. And I don't want to get hung up on this because it's just uh, nonsense we've talked about, but it's kind of funny to hey, see. Hey. Sony. Sony CEO himself, Kenichiro Yoshida, came out and said the reason we don't allow crossplay is because we personally believe that PlayStation 4 is the best place to play the game. Um, along with a couple other quotes, but I this this just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't want to get hung up on it, but it's like that's just coming out and straight. It's that arrogant Sony that we used to see in the PlayStation 2 days kind of re-emerging and it's it, nowadays it just feels so off-putting. With the way yeah. that uh, with the way that the industry is, everyone's playing together. Every every company's highly profitable. Forget your console sales and whatnot. Every co every company in here is making billions. And just like enjoy it, play together, enjoy the games together. Stop with the nonsense. And the fact that Sony's CEO himself came out and said this, it's like perpetuating that just nonsense war. And it, I don't know, it was stupid to me. They're yeah. taking a page out of the Nintendo book. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, you know what's bad with Nintendo is archaic as they are is allowing crossplay. You know what I mean? And playing with Xbox and everything else. Um, but Nintendo has their own problems, yeah. But <laughs> I don't know if you guys want to comment on this or not. I just found it kind of weird that, that he said it. That's all. I'm not surprised. But, you know, that's all I really want to say is just not surprised. <laughs> I mean, just don't be a dick, man. <laughs> what that boils down to is that you know, and don't and be honest. I mean, listen, you don't want somebody to play over there because you are the leader on the market. You know, it would take away maybe some of your profits somewhere. It's about money. 
Always. That's what it's about. Always, Always about money. money. And that's yeah. fine. And I have no problem with it. If you don't want to do it, whatever. Don't give a shit. You know, I got both systems. I can do whatever I want. So <laughs> just don't lie about it and don't be a dick. That's yeah. basically, well, you know, it's just a good rule of life, actually. They made a PlayStation <laughs> Fortnite bundle, man. Like, they want the money. Come on. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. I mean, like, that's cool. Just stop. Stop it. <laughs> stop <laughs> it. You hit him on the... Knuckles with a ruler. Stop yeah. it. You see that? Stop. And throw a punch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, new releases and what we're currently playing. Um, so I'll run through these, Jared. If you're not familiar, I'll run through the new releases. Their scores on Open Critic, who we're on, and we support more than Metacritic. So Spider-Man launched at an 88, like we said, being reviewed really well, getting a lot of positive feedback. Dragon Quest XI's running at a 90, even better. It's uh, one of the highest-rated games in uh, a while, actually. Uh, Forsaken, which Jared will let you touch on here in a moment, is uh, that expansion was rated individually. It's running in 83, so pretty good score as well. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 and 91. I know it was the game of the year for some people last year on PC. Dan, I know you said you were enjoying the hell out of it, so we'll uh, we'll touch on that. And then uh, on the Switch side, I know they were excited about this one, is Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. That's way too long of a title. Um this one is just a rehash of, uh, well, what have you, a port. I, I don't know the word you want to use, what Switch is getting a lot of, it seems. Um, but this is running a 79, and this is kind of an enhanced port from the old 3DS game. So, But I know some Monster Hunter fans, diehard fans, uh, actually like this one better than World, um, because apparently it's more hardcore. So I don't know. But uh, So, Dan, let's kick off with you. Other than we've touched on Spider-Man, of course, what else are you playing right now? So I've been playing a little bit of... Uh... Owl boy, owl boy. I actually wanted to try that. Any good? It's it's all right. It, it's it's one of those games in my backlog, so I'm trying to knock it out. Um, it's uh, I, the problem is I started it and then I got maybe two or three hours in, and then I forgot how to do everything. So I when I went back to play it, I basically I need to start over and remember <laughs> everything. I mean, it's okay. You know, it's no dual thumbs shooter, but <laughs> it's pretty good. And then uh, playing Madden, of course, got a little Madden league going on. Um, and what's and then, your record? What's your record? I am two and one. I think we're in week four. I haven't done my game yet, but um, okay. two and one. I uh, let's see. It's uh, some guys from uh, Twitter, uh, yep. Doc and his brother and stuff. And uh, that's you know that's just kind of a side thing that I do just for you know just for fun. Cool. And then Divinity Original Sin two. Been playing that. It's awesome. Um, it's so much, you know, but now that Spider-Man's out, I got to kind of push that to the side, which kind of scares me because I was just getting used to, the, you know, how the whole system worked and everything. And I'm going to have to start that son of a yeah, bitch over. You're going to go back to it and not know anything. <laughs> oh, it's, that, yeah, but. it's so much to learn. Yeah, There's certain so games you got to do that for. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, RPGs like that, deep RPGs, it's like if you go away from them and come back, you're done. Just start over. Yeah, 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 you just gotta start over. <laughs> it's really fun, though. I mean, I think I think you know you'd enjoy it, Ains. But um, it's yeah. it's it's definitely uh, you know, I never played the first one. I played a little bit of that one on the on the PC uh, with my buddy, but I never really got too far. So I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna launch into it, see what happens, you know. And it, it plays like 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 a D and D game, like yeah, an old yeah, school, yeah. you know, pen and paper you know. RPG. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I love those games. I just, if I was a kid, I'd be playing it now. I just don't have the time. Yeah, I just don't it, have the it's time. It's a huge time sink. So yeah, yeah. for sure. 
Very cool. Jared, what do you got going on? You want to talk about um, Forsaken a little bit? Yeah, I'll talk about Forsaken a little bit because that's really all I've been playing since it came out. <laughs> that and I uh, played a little bit of Immortal Unchained, which I can touch on that too a little bit if you guys really want. Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, I, I guess I'll start off with the Immortal Unchained because I've only put a few hours into it, and there's not really too much to talk about other than like it's um, it's definitely a Souls-like game. Um, of course, all games like that, and they take a little bit of the original Souls like formula and do their own spin on it, all that sort of fun stuff. So, you got a currency called bits, which you get from enemies that drop, which is basically like you know what Souls were in Dark Souls sort of thing. So, if you die, you lose them. Um, the gunplay mechanics are a little interesting. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's the right way to go with this sort of formula. But I haven't gotten far enough to really make a uh, a proper opinion for it just yet. Um, and some things you do kind of nice. Um, the biggest takeaway I got from it though is that it plays a, a lot like the Surge. If you guys have ever played that, yeah, we talked about um, that. I played quite a bit of it. It plays a lot like the Surge. So I, me also coming from playing the Surge and being actually a fan of the game. Um, I kind of got used to the controls a little bit. The dodging sucks. I hate it because that's a huge aspect of the game. And there's an actual skill that increases your dodge skill chance, I think. I don't know what it is. Um, but, yeah. There's, so, there's some things it's good on, some things it's bad. I'd say I'm about 50-50 on it right now. But, of course, I need to play more to really get a proper evaluation for it. So how much, uh, how much was it? Is it an indie game or like a double-A game? I'd say a double A game. It was okay. a fifty dollar Canadian title. Yeah, Canadian dollar title. Yeah, fifty. Okay. All right. So probably. Uh, so let's talk about Forsaken. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'm gonna have to yeah. put a time limit on you. I think. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll try to cut you down as best as I can. <laughs> um, so this Forsaken expansion is giving you twenty levels instead of the usual ten for their expansions and whatnot. Okay. Um, to grind through and increase, they went from a power level 400 to 600 max. So is that uh, level? Right now. Sorry, trying to remember my destiny. So original was level 20. Now it's level 40. You can get to now. It's, right? uh, level 50 actually, because right. before the Forsaken, they bumped up the cap to level 30. Okay, so and now they went now. straight to level 50. Yeah, so you got and 600 light levels. level. Okay, so there's yeah, a there's a lot of grinding to do. Lots of grinding, lots of gameplay, and this has the most cinematics um, that they've had ever in for an expansion, easily. The story is very good. It puts a very grim atmosphere on the game overall. Um, it doesn't feel like the usual Destiny game that you have always played, which I like. They, It's not very different, but it gives just enough difference to really kind of make you go, ooh, Oh, this is nice. This is really, I, I'm really interested because I want to see where it all goes, sort of thing. And uh, for example, I'm done all the main story missions, all the quests and stuff like that, but I'm still doing things that link to that main story all the way right throughout the end game. And I'm still just at the very beginning of the end game right now. Um, for total content wise, I will say it's the same amount as the base game of Destiny 2 plus Osiris and Warmind all put together. So you got lots to do. Lots, lots to do. 
So uh, I've been very impressed. Worth the $40 for sure? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I have two questions for Jared, and then I'll talk about my game, Zanes. Go for it. Um, first thing on the Destiny front, Jared, um, if you have the base game or you have received the base game for free mm -hmm. at Best Buy or have done the download, is that now pretty much worthless? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Honestly, so, not gonna lie, it is. Yeah. Okay. Second question: Why didn't Destiny Two just do all that from the start? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, man. Like, I I'm a huge Destiny fan. I've been playing. I have yeah. 48 days worth of playtime in the first one. Jeez. And like, I, I just go, you know, I like the first one. They're going in the right direction, but they right. really need to nail the content down on these games because. Yeah, this it's, this is what did it for me. This is great. I love yeah. it. See, that's where I get confused. And I think Bert's gonna say the same thing. Is Destiny One made? I played the hell out of Destiny One when it launched. Yeah, and, you know, I had a couple hundred hours, and then Taken King came out and seemed to correct all the wrongs. Right, that's where all yeah. the fans really got it right. And they're like, all right, they're gonna take all these learnings and put it into Destiny Two. And then Destiny Two came out, and everyone's like, well, they fucked everything up again. It's like, well, what the hell are they doing over there? Yeah. It, it's uh, Taken King times two for Forsaken. Yeah, I was about right. to say, it seems like it's just a, a copy of what they did with one, and now is the time to come to Destiny 2, because um, yeah. I was really let down with the launch of Destiny 2. I didn't actually sold it after. You and me both. Yeah. I, I think I played for a couple of weeks, got you know near the end, sort of end stuff, being able to raid and stop playing. And yeah. I didn't play much of Osiris. I barely played Warmind near the end of that expansion, and then now it's Forsaken, and... So they they won you. They won you back over. Yeah, they won me back over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, very good. At least we have someone who can speak to it because uh, I know I haven't played it. We don't. We usually just kind of breeze over it because we don't have enough uh, experience to speak to the newer content. So thank you very much. No problem. Bert, what you got other than Spider Man here? Yeah. Uh, well, Spider Man is the biggest mistake I've made in the past week because everything else I've been working on <laughs> uh, got pushed aside, which t brings me to the main game that I wanted to talk about, and it's Near Automata. <laughs> so, this is the fourth time I've tried to start and get through this game. <laughs> Literally the fourth time. This time I made it to seven hours. Last time was six hours, and now Spider Man came out, and it doesn't mean <laughs> the Automata for me because now the controls are different. It's a third player game, a third person game. Um, I hope I can finish that game up because I'm trying to find what everybody loves so much about it, and um, I don't have anything against it. I just don't see the draw. To me, it's it's a good game. It's not a great game. Um, uh, also working on F1 2018. I'm a big F1 fan. Was waiting for this game to come out. Um, I'm ready almost through the end of the first season in the game. Um, I really enjoy it. If you like F1 games, this is the one to play. And then we do a lot of social stuff on Pub and um, NHL. So we've uh, got to play the beta of NHL. Was it last week, Ains? Two weeks ago? A couple, uh, weeks, a couple, yeah, a couple weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. And uh, now the game has come out for um, early access, and um, I think it comes out this week. So very excited with that one. We're having a blast at the same time getting angry sometimes with that game. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's NHL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add here, guys. You kind of touched on everything. We touched on Spider-Man. I'm doing the same thing. I did start Dragon Quest Eleven. We'll talk more about that next time. Hopefully have some more time into it to be able to talk more intelligently. Uh, playing the hell out of pub, usually with Bert, and uh, now with uh, NHL 19 and Early Access. I have created our EASHL team, as I do every year, playing around with the jerseys, unlocking stuff. It's really, really good. It's probably the best place NHL has been in in many years. So if Tickle you... time. Tickle time. <laughs> yeah, so our play-by-play -play team name in NHL is Tickle Time. So, you know. That's what we like to be named, <laughs> but uh, which is about all we do to our opponents, really, because we lose a lot. 
But um, other than that, it's a lot of fun uh, with a little anger mixed in. So if, you, if you've been holding off on NHL, you used to be a fan and uh, haven't played it in a while, this is the one to get. It's, it's well done. So let's head over to our main topic today. So we're going to talk a few minutes about each of us about a franchise, and we've each picked one that uh, is no longer being made that we want to see return. And there's some obvious ones here. We tried to get a little more obscure, I think, looking at our entries than the, the big obvious ones. And there's a lot of franchises that we've talked about that are coming back already. Um, but we've got some good ones to go through. I don't know who to start with here. Uh, Dan, you want to start with your pick and just kind of tell us? Obviously, I think we've talked about why we all okay. love this one, but, you know. Yeah. Why you want to I mean, yeah, it, it's hard to, you know, I can say or repeat myself, but Bioshock is arguably my favorite game of all time. Um, it is, from what I understand, you know, there's nothing right now that's, you know, in the works. I wish there was. <laughs> Um, as much as I hate Kevin Levine or whatever his name is, I think he's a pompous piece of shit. <laughs> Ken, Ken, Ken Levine. Kevin, Ken, Ken, okay, Ken Levine. Yeah, he's a dick. But he's, he's very full of himself. I'm not a huge fan of that dude. But the guy can make a game, and I'll give him that much. But, you know, he's just one of those, you know, it's just one of those. I would like him to get back on the ship because – Obviously, there's a huge amount, you know, based on just the ending of uh, Infinite. Basically, limited, limit, limitless amounts of stories you could tell. You could almost um, say infinite. It's infinite <laughs> amount of stories. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that was clever. That was clever. Right there. You're right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right so right. Damn it. Lost that one. <laughs> All right. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I would love to see that come back. Um, it's maybe even wait till like the next gen comes out and just like say, Hey, guess what we've been working on and just surprise the hell out of me. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. And if they, if they pull some kind of, you know, Bioshock two crap, then, you know, just, just keep it. Just, I don't want to see it. Shit. Hey, hey, I like Bioshock too. Relax. Shut up. It's okay. It's okay. First one's the best. Then it's the third. It's, then it's the yes. second. Oh yeah. That's it true. Okay. That's, that's actually a fact. <laughs> But it, it is, it is Dan, there's rumors that they are working on one. I mean, they're obviously yeah, nothing, don't... nothing else, but there's rumors. You know, yeah, I, I don't see 2K sitting on Bioshock without no making like, come right. on, it's too big, yeah. guys. No, I I've heard of you know, like Mass Effect and Dragon Age, you know, just recently, but I haven't heard of the Bioshock one, which is awesome. We will see if that happens. <laughs> if Ken Kevin. Levine <laughs> is not attached. Ken Levine. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying Levine. Right, so just Levine. to annoy him. He's a big listener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, what, really? What? Oh, well, shit. Fuck him. And please come back and make Bioshock. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know if you want to say fuck the guy who made your favorite game of all time. That seems at odds somehow, I think. But anyway. He's passionate. <laughs> it's a passion and um, I think know, we lost Bert in the meantime here. <laughs> we tend to lose Bert every once in a while. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh Jared, bring us back uh, around to some normality here. Uh, I can try. <laughs> um, I guess for me it'd be the original classic RTS Warcraft. Mm. They made one, two, and three, and then they made World of Warcraft, and they've been running with that ever since. 
now with all the things that they can do now with their team, their massive, massive team and financial backing, please, please just, just grace us with one RTS, not just on PC though, on consoles too, because they did it with StarCraft on the N64. I know that they did. So you can do it. <laughs> but I'd love to see maybe a Warcraft 4 or even a full official reboot of the Warcraft RTS series completely. And like do remaster of one, two, and three complete collection edition bundle. Toss it out and be able to play it on any platform that you want. And just uh, I love it. <laughs> I have so many memories growing up as a kid, going from StarCraft and then the original Warcraft, Warcraft 2, and Warcraft 3, and doing just hours and hours and weeks and weeks and weeks of just random skirmishes, just playing Warcraft. I loved that game. Just loved it. And it's kind of bizarre with as big as World of Warcraft is, just that uh, world that they haven't come back to this. They obviously have the resources. Um, there's, I don't know what what's holding them back. I, I know the RTS genre is not, you know, as big as maybe it once was. I don't really know, but yeah. I mean, there, there's plenty of games in it that are successful. So I don't know. How about that Warcraft movie, huh? <laughs> we need number two. We need number two. I liked it. I loved it. It actually wasn't too bad. It wasn't that it was just, bad. It no. wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, it's kind of like Tomb Raider. It was like, I was indifferent on it. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Like I, I'm waiting for that great, comic book movie anyway oh, or card video game movie anyway, anyway anyway all right bert what do you got for us yeah so mine would be fear effect um this was out during the playstation one era came out i believe in 99 or 2000 i can't remember but it was right around the time that the first um deus ex came out and also system shock so it had kind of that noir vibe thing going on it took place in hong kong and um the it was kind of a cel-shaded game it was during the time that playstation had all their pre-rendered backgrounds going on and it was just a really cool uh, game uh and then i think a year later they released a prequel um and was was obviously what happened before the first game with the same characters and then there was rumors that they were going to reboot it it never came out and then last august of 2017 they talked about a remake of the first game I actually don't want a remake. Well, I wouldn't mind a remake, but I would like a continuation to the first game in today's technologies, engines, and consoles. I just think it would be beautiful and run just amazing. Um, I'm showing the trailer stuff right now for it, so take a look at it. I, I like it a lot. It's It would be a very cool game in today's age. I remember it, but I, I don't think I ever played it. If I did, I, I it might have been for a short period. But I mean, we yeah. are talking a horror game here, right? Did it? No, it wasn't very much horror. It was more no. of like uh, spies and, and mission stuff. It had the tank controls, kind of like the Resident Evil type mm -hmm. game. It was cell shaded. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link. Just no, I definitely didn't play it. Yeah. That. that doesn't yeah. even ring a bell. Mm -hmm. It was when all that Resident Evil, Dino Crisis, all those yeah. games were coming out. So it was they kind of tried to fit into there. And it was, um, I think it was developed or at least published by Eidos which was an awesome developer okay. back in the day. Yeah, they really were. Parasite Eve is another classic Ooh. from that era yeah, too, right? An amazing yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. Vagrant Story. Oh, Vagrant no Story. There's a lot, man. PS1, Jesus. So many games. <laughs> Crazy. All right, so mine uh, I've talked about before. It's more definitely on the cartoony side compared to these other ones, but Banjo-Kazooie is mine. Um, how Microsoft owns this goddamn IP and we haven't seen a new game yet. Banjo 3. I mean, the name already writes itself. Just make it. Um, between this and Conquer, like, how have you not made these games? They have so many fans. You don't even need a big budget team to do it. Just put a 
small developer on it like they're doing with uh, Battletoads, right? They're finally announced they're bringing that back. Just do the same thing with Banjo. I mean, uh, Ukulele, it, it wasn't fantastic, but it was good. And it was a good throwback to uh, Banjo 1 and 2. Um, they made that with a real small team through Kickstarter. Like, Mike, you're telling me Microsoft can't make a Banjo game? Come on. <laughs> Killing me, Phil. And Phil's a big listener, too, so I hope he's listening to this episode. Um, I'm starting. I'm starting. <laughs> anyway, uh, Banjo, I still consider, and I'll take this uh, argument any day, but the original Banjo is better than Mario 64. Um, it, it did. It took Damn. that formula and improved upon it. Uh, Banjo Tooie was really good. I think I'm not far off by saying the Banjo kind of fans like me think part one was better than two. Uh, and Nuts and Bolts was something a little different. It was a good game, but not in the same vein. So, for God's sake, just give us the proper three, and I can be happy. So, I don't know if rare, go ahead, Jared. I was going to say rare. They, they, you know, they are working on Sea of Thieves, but they got something else that they need to make afterwards. So, well, and they're they hiring like yeah, they're hiring tons of people for Sea of Thieves. Just hire ten people. Let them make Banjo three. Come on. Well, they're separating the studio into three teams, one for each major expansion right, right. now. Exactly. It's like yeah. it's, it's a little insane. Okay, if you got you can do three teams, just do a small fourth team on yeah. the side. Put some unused cubicles in the corner. Just let them make <laughs> there it. You go. Yeah, just <laughs> dust off a little bit, you know. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Bert? No, I was just gonna say that um I think a lot of people associate Banjo Kazooie uh with just nuts and bolts. Um they don't go back further into what launched him and what he's about. Um what so a damn shame. It is. Uh, Nuts and Bolts actually was a pretty good game. It just it was. wasn't Banjo-Kazooie. It'd be like throwing Mario with a, with a shopping cart or whatever those things were that we roll with. <laughs> I played those games on the N64. You, I was going to say, you told me they haven't done that. Mario's done everything. Yeah. He did have a, like a water tank on his back at one time and start shooting slime. No, that's ridiculous. They would never make that. Um <laughs> All right, I think that closes us out for the main topic. And today, because we have four people, we've talked a little longer on some other things. We're going to uh, just move on and close out here rather than doing our season reflections or collectibles like we normally do. Um, a few things that we've uh, done recently need to check out. So Bert uh, did unboxings of both the Spider-Man and the Dragon Quest Eleven collector's editions. Ooh. They are up on our... <laughs> <laughs> God, that caught me off guard, Jared. Those are up on our YouTube channel now. They're very good. Uh, I highly recommend them. So especially considering both of those are really sought after and sold out. So if you're wondering what come in those, check those out. I had been talking about it for a while. Last weekend for my 40th birthday, I did. Oh, there's a Spider-Man statue. You have to speak, Bert. I don't know if that's oh, going to come up. Yeah, here it is. It's, it's actually fantastic. If you like Spider-Man, um, Dan, I think you're a massive Spider-Man fan. I'm not going to show too much of this because it ruins some spoiler stuff, but uh, it's awesome. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks really high quality, it right? It's smaller, but it looks painted like really well, which is yeah. neat. Um, so I did, finally, I've been talking about for a while, I did my Cuphead stream last week to finish the game on Expert, which was the last game I need, last achievement I needed to 100% it. Uh, I did that for Extra Life last week. It took me over five hours straight of streaming. Um, I know Bert and Dan, you guys were tuned in for a while. I was banging my head against the wall a few times, but I got through it. I did it 100% on Cuphead, and I raised another like $140 on the year, which takes me to uh, almost $650, and I'm trying to get to 1000 for the year. So I'll have to figure out some other games I can stream 
later this year. But Ma- masochist is what you are, sir. Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta find uh, another game that's really hard that'll pull some people in. I'll, I'll take it on. So, what, so I, mean, I, I watched most of that thing, and it was insane. I mean, I, I was just like, why, why does, why do people play this game? I mean, I know it's <laughs> awesome, but why, why would you do that to yourself? Here's, here's the funniest story. So, I was, first of all, this camera that I'm using, when you plug it in the Xbox One, it doesn't use the mic. And I was using a 2D Mortal Kombat X fighting pad because I prefer a D-pad on tough 2D games, but it doesn't have a mic port. Hmm. And so I hooked this camera up. I got all set up, and you couldn't hear me. I couldn't speak. I'm like, oh, crap. So then I actually had to rearrange my whole room and use Connect to stream because I could use the chat as well then while I was using that. But I was holding so tight on this 2D pad for five and a half hours straight almost, like, you know, like this for like five and a half hours. For two days afterwards, my left forearm, you couldn't touch it. It hurt so bad. <laughs> like Patricia, my wife would put her arm on my or hand on my arm. I'd be like, oh shit, like leave my arm alone. It hurts. Yeah. So um, yeah, I injured myself. I'm uh, actually suing <laughs> Studio HDMI right now. So you know, also big listeners to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also big listeners. So. Yeah. The uh, if you use the Elite controller and you use the D-pad that is the um, I don't even know what you call that one the the round one not the actual legit yeah, disc, one, disc one yeah yeah it works really well with Cuphead and what I do is I take the joysticks off and then just use the D-pad and with uh, it works really good so no no it's amateur it's amateur stuff <laughs> hold on wait a minute like when I played it I just mapped like the shooting button to one of the paddles. I just held that thing down the whole time. Well, I have to worry about it. That's, Cheating? That's, yes. That's, that's, no, that's, that's what I, I do on the MK pad. So I have the D-pad, and then my left bumper is shooting. So I just hold like that the whole time. And then, oh, yeah. yeah, jump. And it has real big face buttons for, like, jumping and dashing. So, yeah. But I, I, I had um something like uh, – I don't stream much, so the numbers aren't impressive if you're a big streamer. But, I mean, I never stream. Um, but I had something like 130 unique people that tuned in. Um Met a whole bunch of new people, got some new followers, were chatting with people. So it was it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Nice. And that's one of the best achievements I have. I think when it popped, it was like 0.52% or yeah. something. It, you know, like hardly anyone has it. So anyway, what uh Dan, where can we find you? You can find me right here on Season Gaming Big Cast. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else going on? No, I'm on the uh not right now. I got some uh I got some Spider-Man to play. All right, all right. Yeah, we. I think we got to let everyone go. Jared's got to get to Forsaken, and these guys got to get to Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Jared, uh, where can we find you regularly, man? Well, you can find me on Twitter at RageGuard underscore X or over at TechGamesNetwork.com for news, reviews, opinion pieces, and all sorts of fun stuff. Very nice, man. And it's been a pleasure having you all and hope to do Ooh, it again in the future. You. We'll collaborate on some more stuff for sure. Definitely. So, Bert, anything else you want to promote other than your videos? Um, yeah, I got some more videos coming. We're we're starting a new series. That's a uh, that's so funny. <laughs> got more videos on top of yeah. your videos. <laughs> no, videos. So we have a, a new series that we're starting, and it's uh, when you know you're on the hunt for something like on eBay or Craigslist or even your Facebook Marketplace or whatever, and you're kind of hunting it down. You get it, and then what are you going to do with it after you got it? Does it work? Everything like that. So we did that with the PSP Slim um, from start to finish, and we kind of chronicle the whole experience of doing something like that so we'll see if that takes off if you guys enjoy it um and then some other headache of take aparts of controller stuff for the playstation 4 controller because you know 
that battery is horrible on the PlayStation 4. <laughs> so we have upgraded that controller. It's running nicely, but we have the complete teardown of it coming up probably in the next 48 hours or so. Nice. nice. Very nice. All right. That'll close us out. So thank you, everyone, for listening, watching. As always, really appreciate it. And stay tuned to Season Gamer.